Greetings, nerds. We're finally recording. <laughs> this is Steven Nerd. I'm your host, Sarah Belmont, and with me, as always, is our Mr. Producer, Will Polk. How are you doing tonight, Will? I'm doing well, Sarah. How are you doing? Even though we, I've tried to get the show going, but you had to, like, ask a last-minute question right before I, when I gave you the countdown. Yeah, well, a girl's got to do what a girl's got to do. I, I mean, it's very pronunciations. I already struggle, <laughs> obviously. <laughs> if anybody's been listening over the past few years, it's hard for me. <laughs> so I wanted to make sure so I could at least try, or I would have another awkward moment like we did a few weeks ago where I just said their first name, and I felt like... I I was missing a period at the end of a sentence. Like that's how much that bothered me. Yeah. <laughs> so I didn't want to make enough. it again. Fair enough. Fair Even enough. though I'm pretty sure I'm gonna resort to first name only. <laughs> 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 and there she is. I tried to hold it in. I'm sorry. It's okay. It's okay. We, we have one. Lacey Fogger with oh, us tonight. Right. I got it right. Yeah. Hey. No one ever. Right, so no one should feel bad. But I did. No. <laughs> so, Lacey, you're huh? Lacey the nerd. I am very excited to be here. Thanks for having me. Thank yeah. you for putting up with us all through like the 20 minute pre show. That's amazing. Oh, uh, half of that was my fault and my inability to make technology function. So, eh, you win some, you lose some. <laughs> but you're here. But I'm here. You're here, and you're here to talk Arrowverse, even though based on our discussion, um, what shows are you watching? The Arrowverse. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I thought we had this worked out. <laughs> so, so what parts are you caught up on? Okay, I'm 100% caught up on The Flash. I'm caught up on Supergirl. Uh, I am like a season and a half behind on Arrow, which I'm really looking forward to you guys talking about it because I need you to tell me whether I should start watching it again. Um, I'm like two episodes behind on Legends, and I haven't started Black Lightning yet, even though everyone I know tells me it's amazing and I should be watching it, and I already feel suitably ashamed, so everyone can just like put that on, you know, simmer. It's okay to ignore Will. That's perfectly acceptable around here. (laughs) Fine. Hey, there's been plenty of shows where I've sat back. And y'all talk, you know, you talk with our co-host about Game of Thrones, and I just sit back and enjoy the pop more. So hey, you know, it's it's all good. Yeah. So do you want to do that again tonight while Lacey and I talk about Unreal? Yes, I will <laughs> happily sit back and, and and enjoy the discussion. Lacey, do you want to break down Unreal season three, episode one? So I have to say I was a little apprehensive going into season three of Unreal because I thought season two, season two sort of like just. It went downhill fast. Whatever yeah, yeah. the verb is for just like total collapse. But um, season three, they're doing a, a female suitor this time, which I guess makes it more like the bachelor. Bachelorette. Yeah, I don't watch that. I've been, I've, Twitter makes me feel like I watch the Bachelor franchise, but I actually have no idea how it works. Other than what I have learned on Unreal. So there's a lady suitor this time, which I feel is in the era of Me Too and Time's Up, we should have a better word for than lady suitor. Like, whatever. Like bachelorette. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Whatever. I had to. Female contestant. I don't know. (laughs) She's an assortment of 
attractive and weird and and straight up crazy looking men to choose from. I'm excited about this because they do seem to be trying to make her a character that's like, you know, she's super successful at work. She's smart. She has all the like on paper things. That means she should, she should obviously like fall for what's the male equivalent of like a girl with a ponytail and glasses, like a, you know, like when she's that or something. Sorry. <laughs> like you just, you just basically sketched out Felicity Smoke. So I was basically like Oliver Queen. <laughs> that's the equivalent. Yeah. That's, yeah. Man candy. Mm hmm. Stephen Amell. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It, it could be, uh, it could be, uh, Christopher Hemsworth and Ghostbusters. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Chris Hemsworth. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. There does appear to be one guy on the season whose who's sort of gimmick is that he takes his shirt off. So, yes. You know, a guy's got to do, like, guys get hot. So, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm just going to, I'm going to jump in here because um, I agree with you, Lacey. Season two, it, it started off good, and then I have no idea how it got so far off track. And just ended in this awkward way where you're like, really? Did that just happen? And it did. Um, a lot of people died. <laughs> forgotten a lot of it. I really needed the previous leave because I had forgotten the whole, well, let's just, the whole murder at the end of the season. I'm like, wait, did that happen on the show? Double homicide, people. Double homicide. <laughs> Wow. Um, but I, I, this episode brought me back to why I loved season one so much. And it was that moment when the, the bachelorette, that's what I'm going to refer to her as, <laughs> is, is talking to Rachel and is like, I, all of my friends, I did the same thing that they did. And yet I'm here still single and I didn't do anything wrong and people blame me because that is preach. Okay. I get that all the time. Like I'm too choosy and choose picky. Well, why is it the female's fault? Like, why is that on her to like, you're not, you're not being open enough or you're not meeting. It's like, no, you can't force this. And that's what I appreciate about. And I think, or at least I hope that's what this season's going to talk about is how you can't force relationships, um, especially love to happen. Um, and, and that's why it's so tricky, especially in this day and age where females are more driven to, to, um, essentially take care of themselves like in this day and age and that's often put on the back burner. And then yet you still feel social pressures to succeed. And, and the success is that norm of being married and the white picket fence and all of that crap. But yeah. yeah. We ask men if they can have it all. Like there's all that crap about, Oh, well, can she really be like a great wife and a mom and a super successful businesswoman all at the same time? And they just, mm-hmm. it just goes as unspoken that men are either going to be all those things naturally or will be forgiven when they fail in one of those buckets if they're successful in one of the other ones. Yep. Yep. There'll be a lot of mansplaining. So, Will, do not you for... feel like you have it all? No. <laughs> <laughs> I am not touching that. <laughs> Time's up. <laughs> 
Uh. Oh, man. And and another moment I adored was, and I didn't see it until they called it out, is that Rachel really is using this scenario on the show to show Quinn um, how how she's been mistreated in the past and trying to get, get her to to cut off all that other cut out all of like Chet and his nonsense and, and really be like, no, you can have more than that. You don't have to settle. And, and I like that. And I like how they ended it with um, Quinn in the editing bay and trying to prove a point. Like she sees it too, even though it's hard. So yeah, I, I thought it was a strong first episode of the season. Yeah, it made me feel so much better about just the trajectory of the show in general. Except yeah. the murder I forgot, apparently. <laughs> There's that. You know, well, just keep in mind, because it dawned on me while I was rewatching some old episodes, that, oh, yeah, they've had one one murder in the first season, two murders in the second season. So, obviously, three people are going to die this season. <laughs> we should start a pool. Yeah, yeah. I just hope I hope it's not Adam because I heard he was coming back and I really want him to because I love him and Rachel together. Like their chemistry was so perfect for season one that I hope that that comes back around this season. Will doesn't watch Unreal because um, he obviously likes to watch other things like The Flash. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Most of the time I enjoy watching The Flash. <laughs> Are you saying that you didn't like it this week? You didn't like Subject 9? <laughs> well, no. Yeah, well. I know, yeah. But look, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know. All right. Drop the mic in the show. No, but um, I will elaborate. But I, I want to hear Lacey's thoughts first. That's our uh, guess. Let's see. I didn't. I wouldn't go so far as to, I don't even know if you know that that what is that line? I think it's from Rent about the opposite of love or whatever it is being not hatred. It's indifference. And actually, that's not at all. I read that somewhere, and that's kind of how I feel about this episode. It felt like an episode that we've seen before, in the sense that kind of like I was like, oh great, another random one-off meta that we will now never see again and and DeVoe wants their powers for reasons that we're halfway through the season and we still don't know about and there's a lot of Ralph which again it just all sort of came together in this kind of like bleh yeah. of stuff that I was like I didn't even like it enough to really get mad I didn't even really dislike it enough to get mad at it it's just kind of there yeah, yeah. I was telling Sarah earlier in the week, and even um, even while we were uh, prepping for tonight, that it felt. Yeah, I mean, I think Meh was like probably the best way to to approach it, but it, you know, it was one of those shows where I was I was upset because I I, I was glad I watched the Biggie Tupac special on USA before watching this episode of The Flash. And actually, when I watched this episode, I was like, damn, I should have watched Black Lightning first because I felt like I just burned 40-some minutes of just, like, we've been here before, like you said. And there's so, only, there only, like, one maybe, like, moment of the episode where I was, where I did 
uh, feel like it was like, oh, this is the Flash I know, and it was honestly the scene where they start, where they, where Cisco at the end, where they were talking about the trans-dimensional like box that Devo's hideout is in, and other than the rest of the episode, it was completely forgettable. So, um, the opposite of love is indifference was a quote by Eli Weasel. Weasel, yeah, uh, um, yeah, he wrote Night. Night, yep. yep. Yep, night. And so that's why it sounded so familiar yeah. to me, too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Paying yeah. off. Not so rent. That, Definitely not rent. No, but they could have quoted night in rent, so you could still be right. Mm. Um, <laughs> if that makes you feel better. Not really. Because I don't know why I remembered that, too. Like, <laughs> I read that book, but a very long time ago, so it's weird how yeah. it's lingering in the subconscious. But that's at least one mystery solved. Yeah, because we have a, yeah, because the mystery of what Devo really wants, we still do not know. Okay. So I, I feel, for me, I was thinking about this today, and I like to compare this episode to the episode of Arrow recently that aired... And I know, Lacey, you're not cut up, but maybe well, this will help okay. convince you about season six. Um, they aired an episode really recently. I think it was just the other week, if not the week before, um, where they did a flashback of Dinah and her. What was his name? Oh, oh, Vigilante Vince. Vince. Dinah and Vince. All Central City. And they played it out simultaneously with um, present day and ultimately Vince's real demise. Sorry, spoiler alert. It's okay. But it was genius. And and that essentially is what happened in this episode where you have Ralph and he meets another bus like Meta and they have a connection and they he wants to protect her and Ultimately, DeVoe gets the better of this scenario, and she dies right in front of his eyes. The difference is that with Vince and Dinah, we were not given that condensed in one episode. Mm -hmm. We knew about that relationship for a while. Now, it was here and there, and going into that episode, I'm like, why would you waste time doing this? But they played it out perfectly, and there, because there was so much history, because you had the flashbacks, and it didn't feel like, oh, you were on that bus, and you're really cute. Oh, you too. Now, suddenly, we're in love. Like, why would a viewer care? Yeah. I just I don't is, understand. Like that. an afternoon at Star Labs? Like, yeah. Are you, yeah. They didn't yeah. Go to jitters. They didn't, did they even try? <laughs> yeah, I mean, rule number one, take the girl to jitters. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody has to go to jitters. Like, it's not official unless it's jitters official. And I just, I don't know. I really didn't buy that either. Like, I get the sort of chess moving that they were doing there narratively. Like, oh, no, now Ralph has a personal stake in the fight against DeVoe. But his personal stake is this girl he met 20 minutes ago. So how, like... How for real yeah. can that be? Yeah, well, and also, and it's I not just, consistent with Ralph either. I mean, he's he hasn't he hasn't been like you know very female friendly so no, far. No, he did. Well, I was like, why does he even need a personal stake? I mean, he is one of the metas that Devoe was tracking down. So shouldn't he be out for himself? 
Like he doesn't need that. And, and it really took, um, threw me off because that exact moment we had literally just seen in the previous episode with, um, lucky girl. Hazard. Hazard. I love her. Hazard. I'm so mad. <laughs> she, I mean, she, she was taken away from Barry in pretty much the same exact manner, even though Barry and her won't, weren't romantically. Well, I mean, Grant can get anyone on that show. Just going to put that out there. But still, (laughs) 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 he put a ring on it. So there's that. (laughs) Feisty tonight, Sarah. (laughs) You guys are just opening a lot of doors and I'm just going through. (laughs) Oh, man. So, so everybody figured out what they were trying to do in this episode, right? With the callback to when we saw future flash mm-hmm. last season. Yeah. Pretty obvious. Pretty obvious. Yep. Yeah. It, yeah. It, it was, you know, again, that was, if there was a moment that I appreciated, I guess it, you know, it was nice to have finally have that call back to that, to that moment. <laughs> but, um, again, <laughs> well, I mean, I know I, here, my, my concern with this with this whole season is that we're muddling along a lot like we were doing the third season, uh-huh. and then we will get to this very hurried conclusion um, at the end, where it was you know where at the end of the day it, it was somewhat unsatisfying. I actually would compare this season more to season two than season three. Fair point. Fair. Uh, because this reminds me, because Hunter Zolman, we didn't find out who he was uh, because he was Jay Garrick for like 18 episodes. And then after that, it was really muddled with all the, um, I was going to say replicants, and I'm like, no, that's Blade Runner. <laughs> <laughs> you see an Oscar tweet. <laughs> No, no, my dad did not um, text me a one word. (laughs) By the way, guys, my night is going real well when my dad texts me literally one word Oscar reactions. (laughs) And I'm not even watching it. Yet I know what he's referring to. (laughs) Oh, man. Yeah, so I I would totally compare it to the the how season two played out and everything that occurred because season three i mean i felt like they reset the story arc um with the mid-season finale because you had iris um knowing what was going to happen to her Mm -hmm. play into them needing to find savitar sooner rather than later and and then you spoiled it for me and so i blame you for season three well, see, yeah, yeah I, I called it. Yeah, see, Sarah always reminds me that's full season three for her because I had called around the mid-season point that it was Barry who was Avatar. Yeah, I, I think everybody called it. It's really, was, it was very disappointing because I was like, wow, everyone really did say that, and it's not like one of those things where sometimes I think if you guess the twist, it doesn't matter if the journey to get there feels satisfying, but I. I don't know. I don't feel that was a satisfying journey to that reveal at all. 
don't even know if I care about what his stupid grand plan is. We're, what are we, 14, 15 episodes into the season yeah. now? Yeah. And we still have no idea why he needs to collect all these people's powers or what he wants to do with them or why his wife just hasn't divorced him yet. And I why he has a grudge against Barry. <laughs> yeah. What exactly? That's the fundamental thing. Like, you know, you get this, you know, you get this point in season three with, uh, with Abacadabra saying DeVoe's one of your you know, most challenging villains. The same with, uh, Barry, future Barry. And then, but we don't know, I mean, unless we're missing something from an earlier, earlier point. And season, you know, season three that got carried forward to season four. Uh, you know, there's no motive for why he has big grudge against Barry, which is, which I guess for me is, I guess that's what's unsa- it's not satisfying so far with this season. I mean, it did start out pretty well, but as it has progressed, um, it, you know, it's like okay. We're collecting all these powers, but so what? I mean, why is he, other than the obvious thought of him, you know, needing Barry to prolong his life and his, you know, hyper regenerate, you know, healing powers. Um, okay. Why doesn't he just take Barry's powers? He's been, yeah, he's him like 10 times. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, some some people have the theories out there right now that in the long end, that really is his goal is to ultimately take Barry's powers. But it seems to be at this point, he can only take the powers of metahumans right now. I was going to say, I guess that's as good of a, like explanation as any, I suppose. But again, why? Yeah. I'm just so frustrated that there's no reason for any of this. At first, I thought there was some kind of order, like he was waiting for them. Why did he wait for them all to be in jail? Why did he just not take their powers when he saw them? I don't. It doesn't make any sense to me, and it's really starting to get on my nerves. Yeah, yeah. It's- well, he he actually he first needed to die first, and then I think he went after. He went after um, Brainstorm because I think he needed, for his plan to really work out, he needed the ability to read minds. Like, and then he could really start manipulating people. And so I think there may be a strate- strategy in what powers he's he's collecting. Um, because remember, he's the thinker and he can think so many steps ahead. So, well, whatever. I think, yeah, well, I think it's really smart. Well, no, it was something that you said. Sarah, just now that I think uh, thinking about this upcoming episode, because I, I think let's just leave last week for what it is. It, it is what it is. But moving forward to Run Iris Run, and the fact that you have the uh, melting pot that is the meta who is going to who can transfer DNA between individuals. Mm-hmm. And to your point, Sarah, collecting these metas and a strategic point, if it is indeed someone who if he's, you know, given that he's going to inadvertently transfer Barry's powers to Iris, you know, I don't know if this if Melting Bot has any kind of latent, like, things behind him that the thinker will be able to absorb from 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 him that he'll that he'll be able to at least get a, a, a taste of Barry's powers or on or somehow you know get some from you know get some of those powers from Iris in some kind of weird transference or something because. Clearly, this is going to be a, a temporary thing. So, 
uh, with Iris being a speedster. So, mm-hmm. so maybe that is, you know, part of his, his, his grand scheme as far as, um, being able to collect some of Harry's powers, if not all of them. Right. Right. I mean, if we're, if we're comparing bus meadows right now, it seems that, I mean, country girl aside, (laughs) (laughs) it seems like they're, they're, they are going through a lot of the bus meadows who have like the ability to read minds. The uh, Ralph is a meta who can physically transform himself. We figured found that out recently, and that's that falls follows suit. To now we're gonna have somebody who can change DNA with another human. So yeah, it, I mean, it is there is like a a trend here in the later half of the bus meta reveals. Yeah, and maybe you know. To- one thing I just thought of when you said about Ralph, I mean, you know, since we did see the Ralph's ability to, you know, be more plastic man than elongated man, um, mm-hmm. um, you know, if, if his end goal is to get his original shape back, as far as his, his original, you know, body, he can, you know, take Ralph's powers to do that and then be happy with Marlise. Yeah. And that's that's a character who I feel like there's such promise in the in the um the flash the trial of the flash episode with her character and she's I feel like they're just not utilizing her right now cuz there could be such stab him and take over as like the real big bad or something. Yeah. I'd be way more interested in that. Yeah. Yeah. She is definitely the more more compelling more compelling character of the, mm. of, of the baddies. Yeah, I'm just I'm looking forward to next week. We have Enter Flash Time, and that looks like a really interesting episode that they haven't done before, where Barry's trying to stop a bomb from exploding and is constantly in Flash Time, um, along with Jay Garrick, the real Jay Garrick, I should say. So. And and Jesse Quick. And and Jesse Quick, that wasn't in IMDb notes, but yeah. Yep. Yep. So. <laughs> And, and, and of course, we had the we had a fourth feature with Wally, but now he's off to the wave wave rider. But again, it just gets to the point of like sometimes we just it seems that the show they have so many characters they just don't know how to fully utilize them all. I think it's the biggest problem on the show right now is that they didn't they don't need. I mean, as much as I love Harry, I'm to the point where I'm like, do we even need Harry anymore? I don't know. Because everybody is getting like, when's the last time Cisco did anything? He had that one episode with his, with Gypsy's dad not liking him, and yeah, that yeah. was like ten episodes ago. Yeah, and yeah. I mean, everybody that's ever talked to me is fully aware of my feelings about Caitlyn, who had a great story last season, and then they turned it into weird Jekyll and Hyde stuff, and all she's doing now is patching people up in the sick bay, like. I don't think they know what to do with all the characters that they have. So I don't think they needed to give Cecile, Cecile her own storyline as much as I really do like that actress. And I don't really think we need half as much of Ralph as we are getting. No. And it's, I, ugh. <laughs> <laughs> Great soundbite right there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, was, I was just going to say... Joe, because there wasn't room for him. And then they're like, well, Raleigh's gone. We sent Jesse back to her reality. We're pairing things back to basics. And they're like, nope, just kidding. We're going to add a bunch more people that you care about even less. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. It's it's bad decision making. And I think with your point about not knowing to do what to do with Caitlin and Cisco, I feel like with Caitlin, they knew what they should do. Like they should have made her legit a villain. And they're for some reason afraid to do that. They're, they're afraid to go through a season with her purely a villain and then have a redemption arc. Instead, they like jumped ahead and went straight to, no, she's going to be quasi good and be able to control it for no good reason. And, no, no point. Because at the end of last season, the story they were kind of setting up for her was whole, the whole, like, Kelly Taylor, I choose myself, I'm going to go figure out who I am now, that I am, you know, both of these people together. And then they came back from summer break and were like, just kidding, that was too hard. So yeah. now we're going to do this. They share a body storyline that we've never hinted at prior to this moment. Oh, I was going to say to the other, you know, to your point about the you know, lack of utilization that it, the other thing is too, I think, with particular hair with uh, Harry, Caitlin, and Cisco, is they're, they're, it's almost like they've diminished those characters to you know to, to where their skills and abilities are, are not fully on display. I mean, uh, you know, it just and it, and it really hurts to see them do that to those characters. And then with Harry and Cecile, what do y'all think about the? Bonding with uh, with the two of those characters um, did it work? Did it not work? What's your thoughts? I mean, I thought it was funny in moments, but also completely unnecessary. I really, I really, I'm for I'm blanking on her name, but I really like the actress who plays Cecile. I think she's got some really good comic timing, but I just don't, I just don't think any of this storyline about her tele baby is at all something that this season has room for so I'm not really I don't really know why it was cute but why that was like 10 minutes we could have spent on something else maybe maybe she's the actually is the mother mystery girl oh that's right I keep forgetting about that yeah be, be and I think the writers have forgotten about her too so don't worry. <laughs> don't worry. Yeah. Like, I, like, well, the randomly show up that, <laughs> Well, another thing that pisses me off about the season is that more so than even the others, I feel like those teasers um, that really worked well in the first season are just dropped and immediately forgotten about, and then we're on to the next episode, and then it's very disorienting because you're just like, okay are you really pulling this thread forward or are you just like playing hot and cold because it's, it's BS and we just can't keep up with it. Like literally they, they need to be more consistent about it. Like if you're going to do something, make sure you go back to that. That way, when you have moments, we can really see the emotional impact of them. So, I mean, even the episodes this season that technically and story-wise worked, I, I've told you, Will, I still didn't see hear, get that emotional impact like I felt when I was watching the first season, yeah. um, where everything um, worked, technically speaking, but also I felt for the characters, and mm-hmm. I felt like I was engaged in the story rather than just watching it play out on screen. Yeah. Well, yeah, I, I completely agree, and I think part of this too is uh, I think we have forgotten who the hero of the story is. I mean, uh, in some regards, McBerry has been sidelined. 
and to I don't the know. Point. I don't know well, if I agree point, with that anymore, Will. I don't know. Well, I mean, I don't know. For me, it's like these few episodes, like it's like the Ralph story. I mean, and you know, Barry's like been reduced to cheerleader for Ralph. Huh, I I mean, you we come back from the winter hiatus and we head right into the trial of the flash fully yeah. very centric episode. The elongated night rises. Yes. The a story was Ralph, but the yeah. B story was completely very, and you couldn't really do much. So you did need to utilize team flash yeah, while but, you locked up the main hero. Yeah. But I mean, what I mean by that is just, I, I just, I don't know if it's just, I don't know. It's just something about the way that portray, Barry's been portrayed in parts of this season that, yes, I mean, I get your point. He still is, you know, the focal point. It's just some, I, I just feel there's something off about, and it's not the way Grant's been portraying him either. It's just, I just feel there's something off with, with the character this season. Yeah. I know that they know how, I know it was a big, deal this season when they said, okay, the villain of season four is not going to be a speedster. Finally, mm-hmm. we're going to do something else. But I think that they did that because everybody was like, please, God, stop with all the speedsters. Not because they were like, we have this really great idea that isn't a speedster. And I think that they don't entirely know how to put Barry in opposition to um, a villain who is different right. than, than what they've been writing and who's different from Barry and who has different goals. And Quite frankly, I'm not sure that they know what this particular villain wants in the end at this point, but another rant. But like, I think that's, I think that's part of it. Yeah. But you guys made it right before we were, we were recording. You both made an excellent point that, uh, you know, the season seemed to hit that high point when Barry and Defoe confronted each other in the classroom. Mm-hmm. And, you know, to me, you know, when I think about it, that is where, the previous seasons excelled as far as, you know, especially one and to some degree two, you know, you had a direct foil to Barry. And I just right. feel like there is, there, there's no, and that's what I guess what I meant by it feeling kind of off is there's that, there's not that direct one to one, like confrontation like you had there in, in the, in the, in that classroom where, you, 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 we are, we're getting confrontations, but, you know, it's all these various bus metas and, and, it, you know, they, it, with these one-off villains, they need to, it, it just narratively, it feels like it's not coming to, together in a cohesive whole. Now, it might, maybe after the second hiatus, uh, whenever it comes, that, you know, maybe from episodes, you know, 16 to 23, it'll just be like how it was in season one, where it just, you know, boom, 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 everything unfolds and, you know, we'll all be happy. But, right. but at this point, it's just, it's, it's, it's just a kind of a long slog. And, you know, I, I, I haven't, just, I haven't fallen <laughs> off the, the flash bandwagon, but I, I, you know, they gotta, they gotta bring it. To, so, so in an effort not to bring up the last Jedi comparison to what you just said, even mm-hmm. though that did play out in my mind, um, I want to go back to, um, to Lacey's point though about yeah. how they made an effort not to be a speedster. Well, you know what they did copy from the other seasons though was this whole idea that 
Oh, the villain is not going to, like, the real villain of the season is going to use a different name or be disguised as somebody else. And they're now doing that in the back half of the season redundantly and beating that whole trope to death. And I think that's really undercutting any momentum that they did have with DeVoe from the beginning. Like, with every single transfer of power, you're diluting DeVoe. And so by the end of the season, when we figure out what his plot is, we don't care. I mean, we've all said previously that we don't care, even at this point. But still, it's like the Lucian between. Yeah, I'm not going to continue that. But and, and that goes more into your point. What you just brought up, Will, is that there is a reason there. It sounds like what we're really getting to is that villains work best when they're in direct contact with their heroes like continuously where it's not just um a physical fight at the end of the episode but it's also like that that psychological warfare that occurs between between these characters and it plays out on the scenes like when you have a really good villain you want to see them on screen with their hero you don't want to see them floating around in a ridiculously obnoxious <laughs> chair that still bothers me guys it's pretty lame yeah but yeah but, the fact, but you know sarah you just nailed it i mean i think and at least you've you touched on it too in your in your writing it's in your articles it's it's the dilution of the villain and I think it's actually, Sarah, of what you just said, twing, twing this in my head. I think it's because we actually physically see the delusion. There's a different person pretty much every week playing the bad guy. And granted, we all know it's, you know, I'm making air quotes that you can't say. We all know it's the same person, but it's visually different. It's, you know, their voice is different. Their mannerisms are different. Because none of those actors are are the original thinker actor who were like, on the same caliber as him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's just, yeah. it's really it's it's really more jarring, I think, because they all they are all different people, but we're supposed to not respond to them all being different people. Mm-hmm. We're supposed to be like, oh, well, they're all the same person, really. It's like the um, writers thought that we were all being. Um, Drinking that the that tears from that one meta and falling <laughs> in love with DeVoe, like being completely brainwashed. Yeah, that's not happening. That is not being shared. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Well, I think anybody else have any last minute points? Like, can anybody say anything positive? <laughs> <laughs> yes, enter flash time and run Iris run will be to hopefully live up to uh, the excitement that many folks in the fandom are, are feeling because I think we all have been beat, you know, we're tired of diluted villain. We're ready for some, some good storytelling and some good action. I mean, I felt like the first couple episodes of this season were really so, so like back to basic strong that I know that, you know, I know the show can still do it. Mm-hmm. They're just not doing it right now. For you know what, and maybe this show is gonna, maybe this season is gonna totally turn around with an amazing ending that I can't see coming at the moment. But the midsection does feel like a slog, so I feel really even oddly more appreciative of the, especially like the sort of second tier. I'm making air quotes again. Cast who's just doing like thankless yeoman's work in in really underappreciated storylines. 
So bravo to the original Team Flash and everybody just kind of toiling away and whatever is happening in the main plot. Yep. Yeah, bottom line, I'd rather watch not this. (laughs) (laughs) Well played. Well played. I should put a TM on the end of that. (laughs) (laughs) Well, well, you still can. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Okay, so now it's the moment that Lacey's been waiting for, truly, because we're going to sell her on Arrow Season 6. Do it. But before I do that, I how far, like, where in season five, or did you watch season just, five? I had just, what season, we're in season six right now, so I haven't watched yeah. any of the season. I watched through uh, when they revealed the identity of Prometheus oh. last season, and that's about where I had dropped off. Ooh. <clears throat> okay. Um, well, at least, at least we can talk freely that you know who Prometheus is. Yeah. So. Although, I mean, I think I think I'd even gotten spoiled for that because I was already behind by the time I caught up to that point, and then I just, I just gave up. <laughs> so why, why though? Like, what were what? It was just the same thing over and over again, or it was so just like relentlessly grim dark. I am, I am something of an illicity shipper, or at least I used to be, and I thought that the whole sort of reaction to their sort of relationship and breakup and stuff was really oddly handled. I didn't really like the introduction of a lot of the new random team members. I really didn't. What is his name? Wildcat? Wild, is that? Wild Dog. Wild Dog. Right. Because I'm a cat person. That's why. <laughs> Wildcat, Wildcat was Laurel. Or no, Laurel's trainer. That's what it was. There's a, some kind of cat thing happening. Anyway. Um, I just, it, it, it had gotten to the point where it felt like a slog to watch it. And I was like, I'm going to watch not this and I'll come back to it. And I have just, you know, it's been like a season and a half and I have not gone back to it. So convince me. It's interesting though, because I was fully prepared for you to say I'm not an Elicity shipper. And I, I hated that they killed off Laurel back in season four, all of that stuff. I was fully prepared for those arguments. And now I'm just like, oh. I actually, like, probably somebody's going to send me some hate mail about this, but I actually did not like Laurel that much. Um, I really, I really thought the writing did her no favors. And I think that's a shame because the character should have been a lot better than she was. But I am intrigued by Black Siren because I remember when she was on The Flash and I saw one of her, Maybe the first time she came to Arrow, and I thought that she was a million times better as a character than than Laurel had been by the end. Also, yeah. I dipped her with um with fake Jay Garrick on the Flash. I thought they were kind of nice, but that was like a thirty second thing. So, oh yeah, yeah. they did have a thirty second moment. Yeah. So okay, where did where to begin with that? Because um. Because Adrian Chase's reveal, I, I know, unsettled a lot of viewers uh, because we were all like, oh, he's vigilante, obviously. And then they did that. And you're like, where did that come from? But they made it work. Like, if I say anything about season five and after that reveals that even though in the moment it feels random, they really do make that in the long run pay off. And work so well to the point where a lot of viewers want to see him pop up in season six because we miss that character so well. Like him and Oliver, again, we were just talking about the dilution of villains. 
And in that, the moment that the reveal occurs in season five, the writers do not hold back on those two interacting with each other and having such good chemistry on on screen. Like, there's a lot of man crush happening. <laughs> not literally. Okay. Well, you have my attention now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I mean, no. In all seriousness, and and also, for if if you made it to that point where you're just like, why did I even start watching this to begin with? Then you'll probably really appreciate the final episode of season five because mm-hmm. it comes full circle in one of the most beautiful ways, and it's probably arguably their best episode ever. Yeah. Even though I prefer underneath because I'm a diehard. Um, Elicity Shipper. So that's the big Elicity episode of the season. Yeah. <laughs> um, can I just say that I'm really mad they married them off not on their own show? Yeah. 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 You you can say well, that, but say let it. me finish it's my like, argument, Lacey. <laughs> it's like they should at least get to do this on their own show. This is, yeah. They did. Yeah. They did that. They, uh, they got married twice. Okay. Yeah. Kinda, and it, and it's not, it like what a, I appreciate about it is it's not about the wedding. It's about the family that they've developed with between her being the stepmom, between Oliver being the dad, and William. Like, that's one of the strong points of season six is that yeah. they've really, even though it was, they exchanged vows on another person's show, it's still they've really made sure that we knew that Oliver was balancing being the, the family man with his everything that's going on outside of that. And with, with his team, especially because the team, if you haven't heard are broken up. <laughs> did hear that actually. Yeah. It was pretty, pretty dynamic uh, breakup too. Yeah, and you know, I I know the episode that you're you're referring to when you see Black Siren on Arrow for the first time, um, which is one of my favorite episodes that they've done because I did think that that worked so well between all of the different angles like Felicity and Laurel and Laurel and Oliver. I thought that all played out beautifully. Um, and for some reason, though, the writers have refused to go there, even though Black Siren is prevalent this season. Like, I don't know why it's such a missed opportunity. Yeah, they've been spending more time with her and, and Quentin and his weird, like, fantasy of trying to bring her, to redeem her. Yeah, you know, Quentin just has to have, he just has to, you know, I think he, he is destined to be the, you know, the Judas Goat who just, like, takes on every, you know, thing, every angst on this show. So, I think they want, I think they want him drinking again. He, he had some of the most odd moments this episode. Yeah. It was, it was pretty, I was, it was painful to watch Quentin. I, I, Black, Paul Blackthorne didn't even believe what he was saying. He's no. trying to act all upset. Oh, I didn't realize that she's not coming back. No, you freaking did. God. Yeah. It, yeah. Uh, you know, not, not to bring up the flash where it felt like the actors were just, you know, just doing their yeoman's job of just trying to say the lines because they were written. Paul Blackthorne, he was, he definitely did not have any conviction in some of those those scenes with regarding 
Black Siren at all. My last point, Lacey, is that season six, we've been, Will and I have been discussing at the same time discussing season four of The Flash. And it's really fascinating, the parallels to these shows this season, um, because it feels like for all of The Flash's missteps, those are the strengths of Arrow this season in a weird way. And, um, and they, they do, they did a twist this year with their villain, um, where they kind of exchange one for another, um, in a very DeVoe-esque way. And yet it works and they pulled it off yeah. and there's, continuing to pull it off because even though we didn't really see him this episode um, in the background, you could still see him and hear him pulling strings with other characters. Yeah. And, it, and, it, and we won't get, you know, a new face each week portraying this villain. Nope. Um, it's just a new mystery because Oliver doesn't even realize who he is and um, why he's doing this or right. how he's been involved since the very beginning. Um, and they, and you know, there's been a lot of talk about Roy coming back this season. And I was like, why? Thea <laughs> <laughs> made it out of her coma. Why is she coming back? <laughs> um, and now the last, the tease at the end of this episode sets you up for that. And it makes so much sense with like, I didn't even think about it probably because one of the weaknesses this season has been, the whole mayor, mayor issue and him trying to be removed from office um, and called out for being Arrow. <laughs> I just think it's hilarious that this is a plot point on Arrow right now, like compared to The Flash, where Barry literally meets like strangers on the street and he's like, "Hey, guess what? Did you know I have a secret superhero identity?" Yeah. 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 And especially hilarious considering he won't let his wife like say that at all in court. Like, God forbid Iris spills the secret. But he'll literally tell anyone he meets anywhere anytime. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. yeah. I, I like at the end of Run Iris Run, can she rip off her mask and be like, I'm Iris West and I'm the Flash? Oh, that would be lovely. I'm gonna lie. do you think that arrow does a better job like balancing its large cast than the flash does or no it sounds kind of like it i think more people are like involved in the same things to a greater level i feel like it does yes do you want to expand on that well or um, just briefly, I mean, I think, you know, with this season you have, I know you stopped watching when you, with, uh, you know, with the new, new team members and everything, but, uh, really the, one of the major tension points through the plot this season is the breakup and, of the original team arrow and, uh, new, well, the, I won't call them new team arrow. I will call them team terrific. <laughs> uh, and, you know, so you, they have given equal ability, they've given good substantive things for the new team to deal with as they have broken off on their own. But in doing so, they don't diminish Oliver, Diggle, and Felicity, and, 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 um, carrying out their roles in the story and, and, keeping their abilities and 
Um, in many respects, they show how they, the two teams actually, even though they're broken apart, they actually still complement each other because all the little clues that uh, Caden James and now Richard Dragon like weave around, they both stumble into them. And then, of course, they end up colliding. And, and in this particular episode, colliding in a very Civil War-esque way. <laughs> um, yeah. And uh, which um, I know some folks felt uh, you know, I thought that was it, it, we, we've been we've been coming to this point, and it happened. And um, I was I know Sarah, you were not so thrilled about this episode. For me, this was one of the better episodes of the CW Superhero Verse this week mm-hmm. uh, because you know it was we saw this moment coming. It was the fight that we saw coming. Uh, you know, like Civil War, someone does get hurt. Um, and that person getting hurt actually leads to, uh, the, looks like the, as, as you put in your notes, the Facebook status, um, you know, of separated, complete. Facebook official. The breakup is Facebook, Facebook official. It's Facebook official now. (laughs) They have been blocked. (laughs) Yes. Yes. They have been unfriended and blocked. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's. It's still interesting because I feel like some of the setups are a bit awkward with, oh, well, now there's this vendetta between Black Siren and Black Canary, but we're going to skip. We're going to take the next episode and focus on something else and then come back to it like a few episodes later. So sometimes the point, the plot points um, feel a bit strained because why can't you just consistently follow through with these storylines and and start them and then finish them and then move on? Um, but at the same time, if it, it they do they are able to weave the storylines in a way that is not as off putting as it is on the Flash right now. I'll say it like that. Yeah. Um, even though I I always like Felicity to get the spotlight every week. Um, I roll my eyes when she doesn't, so there's that. I have my own, I have my own bias about this. <laughs> and the whole sharing is caring. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm here so to watch Felic- fun character people. <laughs> Felicity is your killer frost. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. no, it's, it's good. I, I'm just, hmm, yeah, yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm gonna leave it there. Yeah. Well, yeah, uh, it's your point with Felicity and, and, Mr. Terrific with Curtis, they're seen this week, um, I think, perfectly captured the how they have built up this uh, division between the two teams because they were always trying to be the anchors to keep things together, whereas Oliver and, you know, Dinah were just like completely, you know, Oliver, you hypocrite, Dinah, you don't want to do this, and, you know, Diggle... And, and Wild Dog had their, their, you know, I think Wild Dog still looked up as Diggs as his big brother, but, you know, Curtis and, and, and Felicity really tried to keep things civil and, 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 you know, not go to that point. So when that moment happened in the episode this week, it, it definitely was like, damn, damn, that really happened. All right. No, 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 no jitters for moment for you guys. 
Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, Black Lightning, another show that Lacey is not cut up on. <laughs> I know, I'm really used yeah. to this. <laughs> but I think I am interested enough to maybe give Arrow another little bit of a go. Just to, just to, since I'm apparently so close to it getting really good. So. Yeah. Maybe I just gave you, and normally it takes a lot to get me to give up on a show that I've watched from like the beginning. So maybe we're just on a break, like friend style. Yeah, yeah, but um, but if you believe one half of that story, they were not on the break. So, (laughs) were you, or were you not? (laughs) Um, and also, if you start watching it and you hate it, like Will told you to watch it again, not me. I'm always afraid about that. Like when you recommend things to people and they're like, yeah, like, Will, I I never told you, but when you started watching Mr. Robot, Mm -hmm. I was like, oh, God, if he hates this, we can't be podcast partners. What am I going to (laughs) do? I'm so Uh, scared. (laughs) Oh, no. Yeah, I was I'm all in. And then some. So, yeah. But uh, Black Lightning. Sarah, what were your thoughts of this week? So, I mean, I was kind of not happy with all the CW superhero lineup this week. I, I mean, I, I'm, I'm just, I'm not sure if it's the story, the stories, um, the episodes, or if it's just me and things that are going on in my personal life that I'm just kind of blah this week. But this was probably the better of the shows this this week. Yeah. And um it's mainly because they did the reveal that Anissa is going around and acting like a super superhero so wonderfully. Yes, <laughs> they did. In a way I never expected it to be. I never thought like, oh yeah, she's gonna get out there and then there's gonna be some miscommunication and he's going to obviously not realize that that's his daughter and there's going to be a fight and that's what happened. And it was awesome. And I love his face when he realizes that that is his daughter, that he just put so much pain through Mm -hmm. and um, hurt in such a physical way. And he never meant to be like, like, I think that's really fascinating and such a, um, an interesting thing to do for, for him being such that, that father figure. I mean, early on this season, there was a talks about, um, his, his ex-wife taking, taking the kids back under her custody and he refused to let that happen. Um, and because they, they are such an important part of who he is outside of, uh, the mask. And so I, I'm curious to see what's going to happen in the future episodes because they left it at such a great moment when Anissa now realizes that her father is Black Lightning. Yeah, he's yeah. I can't I can't say it better than what you what you did. And it, what will be interesting though, to take it one with the next step is given that uh, the other daughter has also had some manifestations. Anger management. Yeah, anger management issues okay. and. Has also had some, which was displayed in some manifestations of her superpowers. 
um, you know, how they treat her unveiling. Will they, will that happen this season or will, um, will it get pushed to season two? Who, who is her alter ego? Uh, Lightning. So, and I finally know his name. Well, I finally know his name. Gamby. Yes. <laughs> so I, I, I like, we, we're, ta- we've, in all the shows, in all of our discussions, we've talked a lot about threads being pulled. And this is one, this is a mystery that keeps getting pulled for, forward. And I like how, how they just keep adding to it mm-hmm. bit by bit. And now we're starting to put together that it's not just that Gamby has a history or is covering up a connection with Tobias, but also Lady Eve. Yes. And this has been a long, long partnership and an under the table deal that they did way back when. Mm-hmm. Um, and part of the terms was that you can't touch the Pearson family. Now, why Lady Eve hasn't figured out that that's because Jefferson is Black Lightning? I don't know. But that's yeah. kind of stupid. <laughs> <laughs> well, just, maybe maybe it has more to do with Jefferson's father, you know, being that that Tobias killed his father. And maybe the deal is like, Gamby's like, you know, don't mess with, you know, he's he silenced Jefferson's father, but, okay, leave Jefferson and his, and his, his brood alone. Um, is part of that deal, and she, you know, for, for whatever reason, yeah. And, uh, and, and in turn, Jefferson, you know, Gamby will, you know, every time Jefferson tries to avenge his father's death, he just kind of pushes, you know, steers him in a in another direction. Maybe, I don't, I don't know. I mean, I think if the, their conversation in this episode um, between Gamby and Lady Eve proves that she's going to figure this out sooner rather than lady later. So Gamby better start telling some truth <laughs> and yeah, quickly. Very quickly. Uh, yeah. And I wonder, yeah, that's one of the things I was, yeah. Whenever Jefferson even, you know, started to suspect something was going on with Gamby, uh, you know, whenever they had their conversation in the, in the, uh, shop there, um, because you know all that time, Tobias, you know Tobias has done these things, and 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 Jefferson's figuring out that hey he's back. Uh, Gamby, it, you know tosses, you know keeps tossing him off the trail, and um, yeah, it, it will be interesting to see how Gamby and, and Jefferson's relationship, you know, survives or or is. How, or how strained it is when, when the truth comes out, because you know it, it's going to come out. Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, I think that's it. Yeah. I think we got through it all. We did. I mean, now I have like 75 hours of television to watch, but that's <laughs> What have you been watching instead of all of this other stuff? I've watched so many things. I just watched The uh, End of the Fucking World on Netflix, which was amazing. Um, and completely like not what I thought it was going to be. I finally watched the marvelous Mrs. Maisel. Oh yeah. Loved it. Yeah. Um, I've been watching the new season of American crime story, which is really good, but only a tiny bit about Gianni Versace. So that's yeah. We- yeah. We, we talked, we, we built on that one. We, we tried it. <laughs> it's, it's really good, but also not really about Gianni Versace. 
So it's a little false advertising. Yeah, and that's that's what I picked up on. Um, like I I watched the first two episodes and then I just stopped. I'm like, no, I'm not I'm not mm-hmm. feeling this. It's this is not OJ at all. I don't yeah. like it. It's, it's very different from the OJ one. Very yeah. different. Very a little bit what it would have looked like if they'd had a little more time because this one was supposed to be the third season not the second right but they had all those production problems with the Katrina mm-hmm. so right. I don't know I don't I really I like it but it's again completely not what I thought it would be yeah so I saw I saw the Kunana story on America's Most Wanted I don't want to watch it again anything else um let's I mean I just oh I love this trashy period drama called Versailles it's amazing oh <laughs> I was on Netflix right yeah, just, the second season just came out on Netflix. I actually have no idea what air, what station it airs on in America. It must air on, it must air somewhere. But um, yeah, I'm a big Korean drama nerd as well as a superhero nerd, and that is a really, it's very fun. And it helps that I know nothing at all about Louis the Fourteenth or anything that really happened historically in that time period. So I'm like, sure, this seems legit. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like you know, like everybody went over to Crown on his own and like uh you know, go on to Wikipedia and like looking it up. <laughs> oh, I, 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 I guess that's about some things, but my, my period of study in grad school was very specific. So uh, like Vikings I get angry about, but I've learned to just let it go. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's a that's a show that I still need to return to Vikings. Yeah. Uh, I kind of like it's to the point with Vikings where I am still watching it for two reasons. One, because I love um, Catherine Winnick and two mm-hmm. because I've like committed so much time to it that's usually like why it takes me so long to break up with the show it's like oh I've put like five seasons into this we gotta like stick it out but it gets real strange once a big thing happens in a later season and I'm not quite sure it's not it's not the same show and I'm not quite sure if this second iteration is as good as the previous one but, oh. I'm, like, but I'm like oh but I'm in it now <laughs> <laughs> I'm in it, and I refuse to leave. <laughs> be angry enough to break up with me yet, so. You know, and and I also say that all the time. Like you've invested so much in time into these things, why would you break up? But I think it's as easy as you just find something new out there, and suddenly you're like, oh, I'm now obsessed with this rather than this other story. And before you know it, you just stop watching. Mm-hmm. I, think it, I think it's actually much healthier to be like, you know what, this is not bringing me joy anymore in the way that it used to, and I should just, like, be happy for the time that I really liked it, and, and I should just let it go if it's not for me anymore. I just right. have a right. problem with that. Yeah. I, I've... Hmm. I, I'm 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 trying to think. If I've actually think I've I've been pretty healthy with my relationships with shows because I broke up with The Walking Dead. Oh my uh, god! And I put a I put I, a lot of time in that. I need to. I haven't watched any of the. That's all. The most recent half season is sitting on my DVR still because I can't bring myself to break up with it. But I'm like that show has not brought me joy in like two seasons, and I just why am I still watching it? I should just yeah. pick up with it. You know, I, I think I stopped um, midway through season six. Um, as soon as they had that, that sheet episode, as I like to refer to it as, and they were leaving the the place and everybody, and that's when Carl loses his eye. Oh, and yeah. It, yeah, I, I, I call it the sheet episode because that was my biggest problem. Just like, really, guys? <laughs> they just had to wear sheets. <laughs> that was so ridiculous. Um, 
but and I was surprised by how easily that was for me because there was I I kid you not there was a month in when I discovered the show where I binge watched all um, all the way up to season four um, not once not twice but three times. And then that's all I would ever watch. Like, I wouldn't watch anything else. I would just say, like, oh, I want to rewatch old episodes of Walking Dead because that's a cool thing to do. And um, and then I had a healthy breakup with it. I think, I'm, I think I'm almost there with that one because I'm, like, thinking about watching it is just tiring. And yeah. I feel like that's at the point where you should just recognize that you have lost the joy of something. And ever since... Um, Ever, as much as I really love Jeffrey Dean Morgan as an actor, ever since he showed up on the show, it's just, it's, it's I want to watch something else. <laughs> you know, and, and that's another interesting thing about right now is that there, there's so much out there that you're bound to find something to replace that space on your DVR or in your life with. Um, because there's so many other stories being told. And I find that it's always interesting interesting to me to have conversations like these about what are you watching, um, because then it reminds me how, even though I'm obsessed with TV, I'm still not watching everything that I could be watching. <laughs> there's some watching obvious gaps. Probably only watching, like, a tiny fragment of peak TV. Yeah. Like, there's so much, oh, yeah. like... I- so much on channels that I don't even know exist. Yeah, yep. and now streaming services that you have to fork over money to have. Okay, well, Lacey, it's been great talking to you. Why don't you tell our listeners where they can find you? Um, I am on the internet uh, pretty much everywhere is my very original, original AOL screen name of Lacey MB. L-A-C-Y-M-B is pretty much everywhere except for Tumblr where some not that I even use Tumblr. Tumblr actually exhausts me. But somebody had LaceyMB, so I'm the real LaceyMB there. Will, where can they really find you? You can really find me on Twitter, at WillMPolk. That's W-I-L-L-M-P-O-L-K. And you can find me on Twitter at SJ Belmont, S-J-B-E-L-M-O-N-T. Please follow our crew on Twitter at Cena Nerd. Friend us on Facebook, but most importantly, rate, subscribe, and comment on both iTunes and SoundCloud. And you can also find us on the CastBox Android app. Will, when can I stop saying that? Good night. Geek out. You're welcome.